に上がら関係ねえ<笑> Shall we begin? Into his coming I can do this all day Tear down this wall <笑>行くぞ100 years apart two ideologies two ways of thinking were born molded in the circumstances of the revolution invisible hand or class divided planned economy or market an inquiry into the nature and causes of the wealth of nations or capital a critic of political economy Karl Marx or Adam Smith both were right both were wrong theoretical knowledge of both these men led the foundations to the development of the world and the academic disciplines of economics of the west and the east ladies and gentlemen this is the world's collided this is Adam Smith versus Karl Marx oh and look at how you're doing I'm doing great, ready to divide classes, ready to discuss free markets and everything else in between. For all of you who maybe don't know who the Karl Marx and Adam Smith are, they are one of most profound figures in the economics. Uh, Adam Smith was a Scottish philosopher and economist. He wrote The World of Nations, was one of most important uh, works in the economics. Also, he was the father of the idea of the invisible hand, which implies that the uh, individuals are led by the, uh, their selfish own interests and the, their own interests, our interests, are the interests of the public. Also, he was uh, for the idea of laissez-faire order and uh, free market. And Karl Marx, of course, uh, Deutsches uh, philosopher and uh writer of uh, Das Kapital and Communist Manifesto. Of course, the uh, the ideological father of uh, Marxism, uh, which uh, he uh, found with uh, Friedrich Engels, and uh, uh, their work uh, was based on uh, struggles of uh, social classes and uh, building the classless society, uh, how capitalism, uh, the wrongdoings of the capitalism, uh, its shortcomings and uh, how uh, it should be transformed in the future. So uh, Karl Marx and uh, Adam Smith were ready to square them off as they were been squaring off for almost 200 years. He lets go. And this is like this is like clashing two other founding fathers, founder, founding father of the uh, classic economy, of the political economy, and uh, founding father of the capitalism. Uh, yeah, uh, 100%. But uh, when you think about it, uh, uh, Smith's work uh, came before Marx's work, obviously, but uh, uh, the way those two works influenced uh, our world, especially in the 20th century uh, and in the 19th century, Marx more in the 20th century, uh, is truly marvelous and we can see effects to this day. So, uh, the fundamental, we have many uh, of differences, obviously, between uh, Marx and uh, Smith and uh, the way their thoughts work, but uh, one of the one of the most obvious one, you know, the free market and the, 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 you know, closed market, so to speak, and also on the matter of private ownership, uh, which I want to discuss both. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, in the book, I uh, read the great book of economics uh, that I read about, uh, that uh, Richard Lestrop wrote, uh, that said that economic progress uh, will be uh, much uh, sped up if, uh, the the private ownership is, uh, is uh, you know regulated and uh, everybody has uh, the right to own uh, their property uh, to sell their property you know to sell their goods and uh, that will make the country wealthier and the citizens richer and Marx on the other hand uh, uh, 
the goal of uh, socialism is communism, as he said, and uh, the communism is based on, uh, you know, that uh, uh, all the private property will cease to exist. Everything will uh, belong to the, uh, you know, the state and right, uh, later that will develop further. But uh, everything, there will be no private ownership. So how do you see that difference? Uh, do you think that uh, in some sense that uh, that idea of uh, no private ownership, is it just a utopian dream or maybe even dystopian? And how does, does that work with your mind? You know, I think that it's depending on uh, your viewpoint. Uh, for me, it's dystopian to have all the ownership in the public domain. And for some, it's the utopian. Uh, for example, uh, the, the, our parents, our grandparents who lived in the communistic regime, they think it's all great because they were all safe. But we will talk about that later. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, I think it's important to see Adam Smith and uh, Karl Marx as the first in this uh, way of thinking. So it's uh, like the step stone uh, for, the, for their theories to go further, to evolve. Uh, yeah, and listen, when you think about it, uh, uh, their works, there have been a lot of butchering of uh, those works and their original thoughts, you know, because we know that free market that uh, Adam Smith in envisioned is not exactly the free market we have even now in the successful cap capitalistic states. And the, the, the socialist idea and the, the idea of uh, means of production that were owned by the public and later communism, they were never quite you know, presented in reality like Marx wanted it, which is, you know, kind of interesting. You know, maybe the, the biggest flaw of both these theories, when we find some middle ground between, uh, it's, it's the people, you know, uh, they both uh, go from the uh, idealic markets, you know, uh, no monopoles, no oligopoles or, or uh, externalities or anything. And maybe the answer is in you, you, I believe you heard for the Austrian uh, school of economics, yeah. or the philosophic school. And we need to see the humans as they are. And every human is an individual. So we are closer to that Adam Smith viewership. But we know we need some control mechanism. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. And that's why I... That's the problem with the idea of, of communism and the socialism. It's generally really utopian. And even though some people like to say, oh, no, it's not Ethiopian. Yeah, it is, because people are people are not the, uh, so good. You know, we can't work for everybody else. You know, we got to work for our own interest. And from our interest, they will, uh, the public will gain interest. We're not, like, we can't only work for the public, uh, you know, good or, you know, that's, that's not in human nature, essentially. And that's why that system will fail, in my opinion, uh, in its making. And that's why you see, you see uh, the communist tri-states, the uh, murdering millions of people and the crimes that happened there. Uh, so we're leaning more into capitalist thinking and free market. But listen, free market isn't... Uh, as as I said, uh, the way uh, Smith envisioned it. Yeah, free market isn't so free with uh, such conglomerates and, uh, well, many countries and big companies, you cannot make, uh, you cannot envision that straight line between, uh, for example, General Motors and uh, USA, uh, they are the same, or BMW and Germany. Yeah, and when you're thinking about it, free market, you also see the flaws in human nature there 
because we are not ready for that freedom of market. We need uh, the government to regulate. You know, we we just have to you know find the help in there, sort of saving in there. You know, because if the market goes sideways for the moment or we just can't accept it we're gonna run like oh and we need government to regulate the currency and to, to to break this monopoly and you know but you can't let the flow of the market go free because you're afraid you can't bear it you know yeah uh let's just say capitalism is isn't the best uh system but it is the system we need that's the system that best use the map and we we are scavenging it from day to day with consumerism and everything uh, and uh, that's the kind of thing because uh, there are always critics of capitalism but uh, i noticed that those critics of capitalism don't offer anything in return you know yeah. like oh this system is shit but uh, what you got what do you got like you you can present us with communism which we saw how it did and you're gonna say oh but it wasn't adapted well because it can't be adapted it's like the book that can't be adapted in the movie great you understand <laughs> Uh, you know, and I would just like to add that both Marx and Smith are the, uh, betrayed by the economists, betrayed by the governments, and betrayed by the people. Well, this is not a brag, but you know, we are from the ex-Yugoslavian country, and we saw both regimes, communistic and democratic. So we have some unique viewpoint on this matter, and you know, when you talk with our elders who lived in the Tito's time, you know, they talk about Yugoslavia as the utopian dream. You would say that was the best country that ever existed, you know. And it, it was just a dream. It, it's nostalgia, believe me. Because in that country, you had a right under the regime of the communists. Uh, and I'm talking about the economic aspects you had uh, the opportunity just to be mediocre. You couldn't be exceptional. If you were better than everyone, some of your goods would be taken and everyone would, would be the same. And that's the part of the social justice that I doesn't like. Uh, 100%. 100%. And uh, just like that. But it's the perfect system for the pussies, you know. And uh, listen, our elder, like you said, our elders are, they're remembering it fondly. Uh, because they had, uh, you know, they were given by the government, they were given a flat, uh, they were given the, the, the vacation uh, in some shithole or, or, you know, seaside. But it's it's crazy to me, like, that you're thinking about uh, what happened in Yugoslavia, what happened during the 90s here, and people are still like, oh, Yugoslavia, I wish, I wish the country was still together. And how inherently awful it was, it truly was, you know. And you're thinking about, in the communist countries, you know, uh, work is everything. Everybody's got to be employed. A and you remember the, 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 the factory that our grandfathers worked. Uh, you know, the, 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 when the factory can efficiently work with 300 people, but there are about 2,000 employed, they should tell you all about you need to know about the workings of the communist system and everybody gets everything and everybody should be equal. So... You know, it's bullshit. Yeah, in Yugoslavia, everyone was safe. They knew if they were incapable of even walking straight, they would get a job, they would get the flat, as you said. They would be safe. They would have lunch. 
dinner, breakfast every day. Yeah. And they don't need to do anything. And you are feeling safe. You have everything you need, let's say. And then comes the transition. And then comes the capitalistic regime where you need to think for yourself when you need to develop yourself. And everyone is scared of it because they don't know for how much they are capable for. Yeah, and listen, this is an entire different topic about uh, the history of Yugoslavia. But uh, think about it. In 1991, uh, you have the breakdown of the communist regime. And we, we transition. I mean, these banana countries that came out of it, like really this these poor states that came out of it. You know, and you're tra- this, uh, transitioning now to this uh, so-called democracy. You're voting. People have never voted in their life. Now they can vote. Uh, <laughs> and they can open their private enterprise. And they don't know. That all they're searching is safety. You know, because even today, you see that kind of mentality. When people are expecting the government to solve their problems, if their lamp in the house uh, burns down, they're going to blame government on it. And although government can be pretty shit uh, these days, but definitely, like, there's that mentality of victimhood and entitlement just because you exist. Yeah, and, and there's always that phrase, what have my country did for me? I ask you. What have you done for your country, man? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, like I said, uh, Yugoslavia is a great example because, um, for example, you take a Soviet Union that killed so many people and uh, uh, during Mao's, re- uh, Mao's regime in the China, how many people died. But you're thinking about Yugoslavia. I never heard about those uh, mass killings and everything because they didn't truly happen except, the, the, the of course, the, the naked island. Uh, but... You know, you're thinking about it and you think this was this Switzerland of communist countries. And in true, it was just a matter of time before that kind of system broke. And you know what happened when it broke down, the, the catastrophe. It was all in the hands of the one. But that's far away from the economic topic. And, you know, just now, people in our country, they still have this consciousness that the, that the country needs to open new factories, new business. No, the private owners are, we, we need to open new factories, not the government. Yeah, and that's the part that I hate about this, this variation of capitalism called state capitalism, like where the, where the country will own the biggest businesses and that will employ the, 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 the most of the workers, like that's not how you do it. I'm all for the small government. I'm all for the people working in the private enterprise. Of course, you can regulate, you can uh, build the new rules and ensure the workers. But th- this idea that, uh, you know, country needs to run the biggest enterprise, it's just a failure, you know. Although, you know, you, you have the, the, the examples like in America where just corporations uh, turn out to be way too much powerful. And But that's another this, uh, topic of discussion, of course. But, you know, we need to find a solution as society in the middle where this will work. It's mid-world. Money cannot buy you happiness, but it can buy you a Lambo. And in Marx's world, money cannot buy you happiness, but nor can buy you a Lambo. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, listen, we're, uh, we're a little bit, uh, you know, harsh on Marx. We need to be harsh on Marx, you know, <laughs> but uh, uh, in some sense, uh, 
he said that the the economy is the 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 central point of uh, every every country you know every system and i can agree uh, with that on 100% because i think uh, if the country is has a poor economy he can it can function you know not that uh, the great economy will solve everything but uh, definitely the the poor economy will bring nothing for you and uh, i can agree with him on that just like you said, what by example, our country. Let's be clear first. I love my country. Uh, I, I fucking adore it. But, you know, we gained independence again, uh, not so long ago. And, you know, uh, all, although we have sovereignty, we are independent in some way. We still but, uh, don't have that real independence in the economic way. Yeah, and... Uh... You know, uh, economy—it's—it's it's definitely something that uh, we need to be more aware of, and not uh, me and you as an economic student, but the, the whole society. And I think that's where the Marx came in and uh, like made it like you know this and Smith as well. You know, you—that's why the Wealth of Nations was so popular because it was written in the you know common language, so to speak, and. People could read it and, yeah, this makes sense. This is a visible hand. I can see it. You know, if I work for my interest, it's good, you know. And I, I think that it resonated with a lot of people. Some people resonate with Marx. Some people resonate, obviously, with Smith. And, uh, you know, the, the writing the economy in that language is is serving the, the people. Now, you know, it's fucked up that some people, you know, use it and interpret it in different ways. But uh, definitely, I can both to give them pros, uh, you know, and positives for bringing that uh, just economic, political and social thought uh, together and uh, bringing more awareness to it. Yeah, and you know, there's some quality behind it when for more than 200 years, these theories are still there, they're still active, they're still running with some modification by the neoclassics and uh, other economists. Uh, and you know, those men, even for their life, they they had so many critiques on their bill. Yeah, and uh, listen, uh, with uh, with Adam Smith is uh, uh, at the time that world uh, in both times they wrote their uh, you know capital, uh, I mean capital and uh, wealth of nations. Those were, those were turbulent times in the world, you know, uh, especially you know considering the revolutions that were happening around the Marx and uh, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, that got this man to thinking. And uh, listen, in, in some sense, I I kind of pity the people who, who you know, just see this uh, way of thinking that uh, Marxism became, you know, how some people eventually just butchered it and, uh, you know, took their own creation out of it. And I still don't agree with the Marxism or socialism and... But, you know, there are some of ideas out of there that we can use. And I think that's important to understand. Like, uh, Adam Smith, I'm, I'm a huge fan, obviously, of his work and uh, those ideas. But uh, I'm just thinking you need to have the critical thought to see this. Listen, this doesn't work here. Uh, the, the, the stateless communist society maybe doesn't work. But, you know, we need to think more about the class struggles and the rights of the workers. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And if you look at it this way. In the last couple of decades, even century, you know, 
we still uh, haven't got some some great uh, individuals, uh, some great uh, economists, uh, scientists. You know, yeah, yeah. We we have some great entrepreneurs in the last time. We have some great businessmen. In some manner, economics fields are moving in the sphere of micro, but but we 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 don't. Every sphere of science has something groundbreaking, and we have Bitcoin. Definitely, and I think the the, the work on the just scholars of economics haven't been like you don't see any more Milton Friedman's, you know, writing the the capitalism and freedom, you know, uh, and then I think in that thought you you need to recalibrate that uh, that economic thought. And listen, in when we were speaking about Smith and and uh, Marx and uh, the way they collided, one of the f- uh, things I found uh, quite interesting is. Uh, their, you know, their views of competition, because the, the the Smith viewed competition as a great thing. Uh, it will provide a better uh, product for the, 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 the people, and it will uh, make the businesses better. And Marx, on the other hand, which I completely do not agree, uh, thought it will bring uh, to the, you know, just, you know, exploitations of people and uh, that eventually monopolies will bring. So what do you think about that? I think... Let's picture it this way. Uh, Adam Smith himself, he had uh, competition in his own theories because in the time when he created uh, his uh, work theories and everything, you know, although that uh, Ricardo uh, diminished that later, he had competition. There was Ricardo, there was Mill, there was Smith, Jean-Baptiste Say. They were all competing to see who was right. And, and the economic w- was overflowing with let's say with the talent from the at the time philosophers and regular men and marx you know now when you mention competition who was his competitor who was the the other side of the medal there yeah and uh, listen the funny fun fact about marx is he was uh, fighting for the or writing for the rights of the workers but he spent most of his life unemployed which kind of you know (laughs) but again uh, his viewpoint was that capitalism will eventually fall, uh, the classes will rise, uh, they will bring the, the revolution, and you'll have the uh, dictatorship of the proletariat. Which, you think about it, uh, there were revolutions. You know, the, the, the revolutions happened in North Korea, in China, in uh, in Soviet Union. And what what did that bring to us? You know, uh, and now you see uh, you see what happens with students all over the world, those 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 brats, you know, that the, the, they're just like, oh, we should adopt the communism and we lived our whole life in this capitalistic beauty of a country with free fucking healthcare, except if you're in America. Uh, <laughs> but uh, think about it, you know, what do you see for the communism and what do you see for the capitalism in the future? You know, uh, that... Uh let's call it hypothesis that you mentioned earlier let's just call it for me a uh, natural order that's <laughs> and i don't want to uh, further explain it i think it's so obvious and for in the future i think that we will be friends with the capitalism for many many years uh, to come uh, <laughs> even maybe centuries with the path we took and you know the communism 
there the, the strongest progenitor of the Kiamonism currently now is the Asia uh, and I mean China and that's not the communism that Marx wanted you know and it's it's really important to see how now Russia and China and uh, Western countries will uh, position themselves in the geopolitical sense and everything so if Chinese system let's say fall and I believe that we are not so uh, so away from it uh, I think that's the end of the communism uh, yeah and uh, listen the when you think about it, um, there has been some rise in communistic uh, fans, so to speak, in the in the last years. You know, especially in America, which is sad to see. Uh, definitely, my dear American listeners, stay strong. Uh, but when you think about China, and that's the perfect example of uh, betraying that idea of Marxism. They say they are Marxist-Leninist country, but it's truly this capitalistic, uh, dystopian dictatorship you know authoritarian you know because when china became the one of the most powerful countries in the world when uh, deng xiaoping uh just entered and introduced them with this free market economy this thought that they were so unfamiliar with and you see the pictures 30 years earlier of the shanghai and uh, its world trade center now is there not to uh, asia trade center is now there and you see the pictures of 30 years earlier when that land was uh, the, the public ownership and you will see just land, just grass there. So I think that speaks enough about the, the, the greatness and the usefulness of the private ownership, of the free business, of the free market. And we still have uh, things to learn, but I think that's the way to go. Uh, and let's say that uh, now with China, so growing strong and you well capitalism has strayed away from its original path let's be honest and now with this feud with the back with china just when we had the cold war between russia and uh, eastern bloc and uh, usa and western bloc you know capitalism had its own competitor it need uh, capitalism needed to show that it's better than these communistic regimes. And it showed it can be better. It won that battle. And after that, after President Reagan and everything, you know, capitalism has strayed more and more and more away. And we let it happen. And now when China is back, I don't know if it's just me, but under the radar, I can see that uh, in some micro levels, so let's say, uh, capitalism itself is changing back with what it was before half a century ago uh, yeah and uh, that's quite uh, that could be dangerous in some sense because you know uh, maybe some rise of authoritarians and you know those kinds of things but that's political that's other topic of discussion uh, but in an economic way I think that you know down the line every country realizes that they need these principles that that Smith talked about, uh, otherwise they will crumble, you know. They need to let the people have the private ownership. They need to let the uh, entrepreneurs blossom and the uh, private businesses blossom. And that they need to open the market more, cut the taxes. And, you know, uh, I think, as you said, the capitalism is changing. And what we're going to see from capitalism, I don't know what kind of 
kind of capitalism we're going to see 20, 30 years down the line. But I know that some of these these principles that Smith talked about will always, if implemented right, will remain forever. We stay genuine, uncensored and unscripted, and we always will, as we have to order our usual. Share us, subscribe us, and stay tuned until the next Wednesday. Iguzo!